Welcome to the Sunday Poems. I'm Ken Hayda. Thank you for joining me. This is episode number 101. I want to talk today about speculative poetry, poetry that offers a vision. I got to thinking about this after listening to my colleague and friend Joshua Grasso be interviewed on the Brain Box podcast by the Oklahoma Humanities Council. Uh, this follows his article published in the Oklahoma Humanities magazine where Dr. Grasso essentially says fantasy literature is speculative literature and speculation about the unknown future ultimately finally connects to home. His emphasis on speculation got me thinking about my theological and philosophical training which also has categories of the speculative. Makes me wonder if speculative theology and speculative philosophy similar to fantasy literature also shares a creative impulse That is, the desire to contemplate an unknown future is based on an innate desire to protect ourselves, to secure our place. In short, come home, a safe home. Certainly, uh, the Bible is full of speculative literature. The book of Revelation, of course, being the most famous. John the Revelator writes, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. Apocalyptic language is speculative because it is born in the pain of the contemporary situation. In the case of the Revelation, the Roman persecution of Christians. And though the fundamentalists have misused this uh, scripture for years and years and years, and that perverse desire for Armageddon has driven American politics for several decades now. I think we misread that. The apocalyptic language is always figurative and always helps us speak to the current situation, the contemporary situation. Perhaps the most famous uh, poem that uses apocalyptic language is The Second Coming by William Butler Yeats, where he uses this New Testament language. His famous poem is born in the grim aftermath of World War I, the Irish conflict for independence, and the pandemic that took its toll on so many people he knew, including his pregnant wife. The Second Coming Turning and turning in the widening gyre, the falcon cannot hear the falconer. Things fall apart, the center cannot hold. Mere anarchy is loosed upon the world. The blood-dimmed tide is loosed, and everywhere the ceremony of innocence is drowned. The best lack all conviction, while the worst are full of passionate intensity. Surely some revelation is at hand. Surely the second coming is at hand. The second coming. Hardly are those words out when a vast image of Spiritus Mundi troubles my sight. Somewhere in sands the desert a shape with lion body and the head of a man, a gaze blank and pitiless as the sun is moving its slow thighs, while all about it real shadows of the indignant desert birds. The darkness drops again. But now I know that twenty centuries of stony sleep were vexed to nightmare by a rocking cradle, and what rough beast its hour come round at last slouches toward Bethlehem to be born.
Speculative or visionary poetry can also be more positive in nature, and I want to focus now on some poems that offer a vision, albeit somewhat undefined. I really think the vision can't be divine, defined too specifically because no one exactly knows the future. But the vision of hope, nonetheless, uh, is what is important. Lucille Clifton's poem does this. Her poem, Let There Be New Flowering. Let there be new flowering in the fields. Let the fields turn mellow for the men. Let the men keep tender through the time. Let the time be rested from the war. Let the war be won. Let love be at the end. Cranes in August by Kim Adonzio. They clutter the house, awkwardly folded, unable to rise. My daughter makes and makes them. Having heard the old story, what we create may save us. I string a long line of them over the window. Outside, the gray doves bring their one vowel to the air. The same sound from many throats repeated. Migration Patterns by Melissa Stuttered In the dream, I tell customs my llama is a goat because sometimes the heart is not large enough to hold what is beautiful if the mind finds it exotic. Sometimes the mind mistakes itself for a hoarded piece of land and little campfires spring up everywhere. Smoke slinks through chain link. Small hands and shoulders capsize beneath a dehydrated, salt-sick sun. In the dream, I carry mountains through international waters. I carry the hills, their babies, to safety. Sometimes I wave away a predator and there is fire in my hand and my hand does not want to be part of a human body. It wants to belong to the llama, the goat, the hills, the mountain. In the dream, I've got the North Star in my trunk. I'm driving it across a border. I'm taking it to a different part of the sky. It can't stand what it has seen. What we need is not a fixed point. What we need is a world anthem that everyone knows the words to. One that says, come in, come on, come over, I've got you. In the dream, light leaks from thin cracks where the trunk door meets the body of the car. The star says, put me on the dashboard and I will guide you. The officer says, illegal, you can't take a star to another part of the sky. And I say, watch me. I say, I've got enough light to do anything. And now a poem, uh, brand new from my own pen. What Birds Know. They know change is coming. They prepare for the coming season. They adapt. A sap sucker knocks on elm branches in obedience to a future. His cousins, redbirds and green cedar, blue jays on amber limbs, scurry midst dying leaves in anticipation of what we all should know.
I suppose speculative literature in all its forms should, uh, uh, among other things, give us courage for the present, but also remind us that transition is part of life. So I'll end the program today with my poem, River Song, from my 2008 collection, The Way of the Wind. River Song. Motion helps us understand, helps us cope. It is right to move downstream, to avoid stasis, to resist delusions of permanence, the futility of holding on. To feel the flowing around me, through me, is life. To be one with the current, this much is real. Thank you for joining me. If you're interested in my work, you can check out my books and other information at kenhada.org. The drawing that uh, features this podcast is by Sarah Hayda from Black Mountain, North Carolina. Thank you for listening. Please pass the podcast along to your friends and to others interested in poetry. Until next time, I'm Ken Hayda with the Sunday Poems.